0: Hi there, everyone, I'm Gwen Jones and welcome once again to the I'm a Rotarian podcast, the weekly podcast where I introduce you to amazing people that proudly call themselves Rotarians. Well, this week, Alicia Nichols joins me and she's been in Rotary for a year. Wait a second. She's been in the Rotary Club of Britain and Ireland for a year. But she's been in Rotary since 2006. Alicia joins me to tell me about how she's been a district trainer, how she's been a football, soccer enthusiast and uh, agent for quite some time. And she shares with me how the four-way test and working in Guatemala has changed her life forever. So join me, won't you? Miss Nichols is joining me this week on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. And as usual, I thank you so much for joining us. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, this is a true podcast interview because I don't actually get to see my podcast interviewee this time. It's kind of weird for me, but I'm getting used to it. Alicia Nichols is joining me today from Florida via phone, which is pretty darn cool. And Alicia is basically a world Rotarian. I had to hunt this woman down for six months and she's going to tell me all about that. She is a member of the of the hub from Britain and Ireland, which she's going to tell me more about as well. And she's been a long time Rotarian, but she says she's only been in Rotary for a year. So we're gonna we're gonna learn all about this, including our ten questions. Hey, Alicia, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me.
1: I think that I misinterpret. I think I think I misshared. Though I've actually been a Rotarian for about twelve years.
0: Yeah, see, that's where we were going. I was like, "Wait a minute! Yes. You're doing yes. way too much for a year. That doesn't right. Covered,
1: okay, yeah, covered many roles and up to the point of district trainer. But I've been in the in this club and my my fifteen my twelve years was in the USA in in uh, district sixty two seventy um but in the Rotary Club of Great Britain and Ireland I'm in my first year in a new country so that's what's been exciting
0: and I think it's important for our listeners to know that you're speaking to me from Florida but you are the member of an e-club from Britain and Ireland is that correct that's correct see how international you are ma'am that's how international
1: yeah I you know, as I was saying, in when we when we were chatting, uh, well, I have I'm an agent by profession um, for professional soccer players and cool. coaches and, coaches. and uh, so I, I am a registered with the uh, United States Soccer Federation here in USA. But I'm also uh, in the process of getting my uh, registration in the English FA and I have a office in London. Ah. So I spend a good portion of my time due to work, due to business in London. And, you know, of course, wherever you go, you've got to get involved in the Rotary Club. You know, life is not right unless you are with the Rotary family. I mean, that's how I feel, at least. So I reached out and I did uh, come across this club that fits with my outrageously crazy schedule.
0: That, and yeah, I'll vouch you
1: for that. Receive me and here, you know, and that's how I ended up there.
0: Well, okay. And, and for our international listeners, you are a football agent or a soccer agent, depending on where in the world you're speaking to, right. is that correct? That's
1: correct. Depending on where in the world, I think that here in USA, we say soccer and That's right. I think in the rest of the world says football, <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and I just have to say, being—I mean, I, I will—I will play my feminist card here. I think that's pretty damn cool that you are a uh, a woman and an agent for soccer players. There's quite a few soccer players out there that uh, that uh, are quite famous. We yeah. we 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 are kind of funny here in America. I do have we do have a Sounders. Here in the Pacific Northwest, where I'm talking to you, Um, and we have a women's soccer team as well. But I've tried to get into English football, and I I have to admit I have watched a few games. But the thing that amazes me most is the amount of fans that are at a European football game.
1: Yes, it's huge. I mean, you know, you know, I played I played soccer up until college at at University of Wisconsin Milwaukee. And, you know, here, as I played through high school and up to college, it was more of a hobby, you know, Uh and it was a hobby primarily, I mean, from my perspective, it tended to be a hobby more so um, probably for the middle class, the middle, upper class, upper middle class. Mm -hmm. Uh, And even for those who decided to take it on as a career, just the whole way that the, that the league is set up, you know, is that they're drafted out of college. So still it's a secondary, you know, to building that career, but in the rest of the world, it is right. literally, it's literally the rags to riches, you know, it's, 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 you know, from the time they come out of the crib, there's a foot at the ball, uh, wow. you know, many of the um, professionals by the time they're um, they're they're playing professionally by the time they're 15, 16, 14, 15, 16 years old already. You know, so it's it's really different in the rest of the world from here. So it's a huge industry. The market is outrageous, and the funds that go through this industry are just mind-blowing. And I think it's the rest of the world has that wrapped around their mind that way. But here in USA, we take a little bit of a different angle, even though we love it and, and it's exciting. Um, it's a little bit of a different angle. That's
0: taken. Yeah. And I think, I think to tell you the truth, I think we get a little bit of education. Is it every four years that the world cup comes around? Yeah. I think, well, (laughs) first of all, and and we will talk rotary. This is not turned into, this is not turned into, you know, I'm a sports fan, but, but I will have to say that the world's cup and you guys can all, my audience can disagree if they want to rotarianpod at gmail.com, send your hate mail away. But one thing that's always annoyed me is that when we have the World Series or the Super Bowl, we say we are the quote unquote world champions, even though we don't play the world. And when you get to soccer and the quote unquote World Cup or football and the World Cup, you're actually playing the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which
0: is where I would say. That's where you can say, right? <laughs> you are the world champion <laughs> when there's actually a world you compete against, right? Right? Yeah. Our our league
1: is very um, intricately uh, and uniquely structured to yeah. play itself. It, they play themselves. We play each each state plays the other state. Yes. Where you know, and and so the league. Yeah. so it's different but yeah you're right look at right. look at your beat all politically correct
0: <laughs> i mean i'm not even looking at your face and I can already tell and see it I was even gonna we'll take the men get paid more than women conversation off of the off off air but uh yeah. we could we could do a whole podcast about football slash soccer but let's talk about rotary oh shall my we yeah yeah yes. yeah it's good <laughs> so what's your earliest recollection of rotary how did you get started even in this fabulous oh. organization?
1: Oh, my goodness. You know, um, I believe, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was about 2006. I had I was an entrepreneur in business and um, I was at a chamber of commerce meeting and a gentleman by the name of Dave Jackson uh, invited me to visit his club. He said he thought I would make a wonderful addition to his club. And that was the Rotary Club of Mequon Thingsville Sunrise and um where was, is MEC1? say it again Mequon, Fiendsville sunrise where is that it um it is in southeastern wisconsin it's uh in it's a suburb uh in wisconsin oh. in the northern yeah northern part of wisconsin a fabulous uh, name yes where yeah, you, as you were sorry <laughs> very lovely i think a very lovely and affluent suburb in wisconsin And, um, so he invited me to the meeting. I, you know, I couldn't find the location, uh, you know, the first time I tried, you know, but he was patient with me. And because, you know, it was, like I said, it was a very beautiful suburb that we lived in. And I think at that time they were meeting in a country club and this particular country club was tucked away very, very well. And to the point where you would have never noticed it was there if someone Mm -hmm. hadn't told you. So, I was new in the area and I could not find the location. Um, it had a long road leading back to the land, uh, but long story short, I finally made it. Uh, oh no, 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 I didn't make it. That's not true. I didn't make it because I couldn't find it. And so, <laughs> so what happened was there, uh, there was another club that I had been invited, that I was invited to in the interim. So. By, and when I went to visit this particular club in this other area, there was one woman in the club. Oh. I remember when I was listening to the, the district governor share and I literally teared up, you know, because it was so I was like, this is so what I've always wanted, what I've always looked for, what I've wa- always wanted to be involved with as he was sharing, you know, the the different passions and the movements and the projects of Rotary. And I was so excited and I was like, okay, I'm going to join this. I'm joining. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the gentleman who had invited me, he kept saying, well, you know, think about it, you know, take some time. And I'm like, no, I want to join today. So you were smitten from the get go. You were ready. Let's do it. Okay. I, yes, I was ready to go. And, uh, um, and so he kept telling me to wait and think about it. And and then I, I did, as he suggested. And then that's when I ended up making it to the uh, Mequantinsville Club. And what I had recognized during that time, you know, we were still in a point where women weren't as rampant, even though it was 2006, that it wasn't as prevalent right. to have women involved in Rotary. And this particular club was a very conservative club at that time. And they had the one woman, and I'm not thinking that they were too ready yet quite so much.
0: <laughs> They're one token female. Here's my here. We've we've reached the requirement. Yeah, yeah, you know. One token were, female. They were so pretty. It was funny. So uh,
1: I ended up at the other club. I ended up joining and um and the rest was history right away, soon after I was on the board and you know, chairing committees and you know, just moving my way through through service and um, it, it just was an exciting adventure overall, you know, um, so you I,
0: weren't, you didn't, you made yourself known. I mean, you were just, you know, it's, t- it's funny. We talk about in Rotary, what was your it, you know, what was your thing that really brings you back? But you were just like hook, line and sinker from your very first meeting. It sounds like I was because prior coming,
1: the unique thing that I think some of my fellow Rotarians didn't know at that time. Was that prior to coming into Rotary at that time? I had been in full time ministry as uh, di- the director of training of Southeast Wisconsin for uh, an international children's ministry uh, called fun. Child Evangelism Fellowship of Southeast Wisconsin. And what had happened was during that time, uh, when I was in I was in full time ministry, my husband had uh, been downsized, and the and so. Th- at that time that he was downsized, the, it was right at the point where I was required to do full-time raising support in order to sustain. And, and what happened was the board of that particular ministry voted unanimously that they couldn't justify having me uh, raising support for an entire year with us not having an income at all at that time, having going through such a huge transition as we were with my husband being downsized and they encouraged me to go back into business. So here I was a person whose heart and passion really was service. And I was forced to go back into the business sector and Mm. then comes rotary where I could bridge the two. And, and that was just a lifeline for me because that was my genuine passion my genuine passion was service but at this particular moment of course i had to uh build business in order to sustain us until my husband could you know reestablish his career
0: well and you know i had i had a i've had a conversation about you know uh cuz you know we are um non-religious Rotary. I mean, that's one of our big, big things we're trying to get away from is that quite a few people have decided, have have had the rumor that, that Rotary is religious, but the service thing is I have had a lot of people who have maybe walked away from the church per se have said, but I love Rotary because it's the one part of church I miss, which was the service part of church. Yes. Yes and
1: that's exactly right you know rotary has been non religious and non political right you know which is what gave us a beautiful neutral ground and brought us together with a you know like minded people with a passion for service and we would come together and do some amazing things that, and that's part of what was so exciting about it is it wasn't rooted and grounded around any of those particular situations it was focused totally on the needs, meeting the needs of the community, whether it was local, whether it was international. Um, And that was just, it was just always an exciting
0: time. And was that easy? Was that an easy adjustment to make in the sense that you were coming from a biblical point of view with those youth and then to move to Rotary? Was it it a hard switch or was it a piece of cake? It just kind of clicked in and felt perfect.
1: It was a piece of cake because for me, my, my, even my religion is lifestyle, you know? Um, so it was just like breathing, you know, it's, it's just a part of who it's who you are. It's not even a part of who it's who you are. It's who it's, it's your values. Even our concept of service above self, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the four way test of, you know, uh, is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Will it build goodwill and better friendships? Will it be beneficial to all concerned? Those are just character core integrity values. You know, our um our focus on uh you know um being business professionals that that have integrity, you know, and and and, and I mean, so it was all those dynamics of just strong, solid, good character that we all like. To uh, bring into and interact in in business generally, and it and it and it just gave the opportunity for us to build these international friendships and these friendships within that room that could move mountains.
0: Well, and let's get back to that four way test. That's usually something that we that well it's it's a it's a question that my listeners have always liked, and every single um, guest that I have on we've talked about the four-way test and what it means to them personally. and uh, we've had everybody from saying it's archaic and we don't need it to, I don't really think about it because it just should be a, like the golden rule. It should be just something we know, but how do you use that, that four-way test in your life? Oh, that, that's an excellent question. You know,
1: um, It's funny because generally, like I stated, it's just a natural part. It's not a natural part of my core value system. It's like, I don't have to bring up the question, but I recall even just like when we were in Rotary and we had, when we would have disagreements or have challenges amongst members, we literally would sit down and we would go through that process. Is, 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 is what is being said here? Is it the truth? You know, we literally... Would take that and we would use it as a compass for for accountability um, and for bringing all of us back to the neutral ground, you know, because there is no way to really manage and measure adult professionals that are not under any certain authority, you know, as an employee or otherwise. However, that four-way test always, always would reel us back in. And even whether the person or the group or the individuals even acknowledged it externally, it always hit home. Mm-hmm. Is it is it the truth? Is it fair to all concerned? Was it really fair that this was done in this manner? And it, it always gave the grounds and the basis by which to hold every situation that anyone felt wronged, challenged or questionable, or even when we would measure projects we were going to go into or whether we would measure projects we would stay with because of breakdowns. We always use that as a base of measure. So it just, it was just a good neutral place, you know, that we work from. And that's how I still use it today. And I think that that's one of the reasons that that four-way test is one of the primary reasons that I think that we as Rotarians are able to travel the world and go into the room with other Rotarians, people we've never met, have never seen a day in our lives and have a, a friendship and a common bond because that trust factor is there because of those core values.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well then, then I will ask you one thing that's come up in, in all of these discussions about the four-way test. And that is what we, we fondly call here on the show, the four-way test police. And this (laughs) this is something that has popped up several times. um, And that is, you know, have you ever found yourself kind of being a four-way test police? Have you found yourself ever going, and and no one ever talks about the truth. They really stick on the, is it fair for all concerns? And does it build goodwill and better friendships? friendships? Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two that people like really go police officer on.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think even when I was a Sergeant at arms, as a matter of fact, I remember when I was a Sergeant at arms and I wasn't using it, but there Mm -hmm. were a couple of people in our club that that was their favorite go-to, you know, and they were, they were the, they were the four-way test police. Right. But, But what happened, you know, that was beneficial from that was, um we had a real challenge that came about in our club where it was a challenge with you know, uh that the mem a member had with the president. And because it was the president, and we were like, Well, how do we resolve this? And I remember the beautiful part was as a sergeant at arms, I used the four-way test to make a um uh a, a, a uh um to make a what was it called a uh, like a starting
0: point kind no, of no
1: a-, a problem resolution oh it nice was, it was to it was for resolution and it was utilizing that in the process and protocol to take it through. Um, resolving the particular problem. So, no, I've never been the, I had to be the police that time because I was a sergeant (laughs) at arms, I had to come up with a way. I've never been been the police, but I will say honestly, even within a club, when we're building those relationships and we're building those friendships, even when we don't say it out loud, I think that we are critiquing uh, individuals unknowingly and unconsciously on whether they would be individuals we would want to do business with. Because, you know, we always say people do business with those they know, they Mm -hmm. like, and they trust. And those particular core values really help you want to like a person and they help you to trust, you know, and that trust factor is huge. And that's the thing that we usually have to guard within the family of Rotary. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you know, and I think it's very interesting is outside of a few exceptions in my family of Rotary that, you know, is it fair to all concerns? And I've brought this up in the podcast before may not be your way or your desire. Right. Fair to both can all concerned. And the one that was, was brought up before is, is the truth. Well, that's my truth. This is the truth right. that I'm feeling right now. It may not be your truth. So it is, it is kind of a building. It's kind of a platform that you can also build off of. It's yes. quite an, who knew 25 little words? Well, let me backtrack a little bit on the on the question. Is anybody else in your family a member of Rotary? Um,
1: at this time, no one else is. Uh, it was funny that uh, I do have a funny story at one point in time where my husband had become a Rotarian. <laughs> and what was funny was that you know, I like I said, I was a rotor. I was at the Rotary Club of uh, Mt. Sunrise, as they would call it, thing Sunrise.
0: Yeah, because I still and, love that name. Because I, I, if somebody asked me right now to repeat it back to you, I couldn't. So yeah, they say, <laughs> they say yeah, they say Mt. They know
1: Mt. Sunrise. I like but, that. Um, and he was very active, act very actively involved in any everything I did and anything that I was involved in and supporting any of our our functions. And uh, there was a point. I think it was when I was by the time I was district trainer. Uh, there was a time when myself and a membership chair, uh, the district membership chair, were helping to uh, charter a new club <laughs> with a, it, it was a, ch- a club that was supposed to be more inclusive and it had a strong Hispanic Latino uh, um, uh, makeup in the population. Mm-hmm. And so we were there at the club. My husband is coming and we're having a meeting, a group of us, then uh, the leadership. And he, and he goes out of the room with some of the members and they come back and they say, Oh, we have a new member. And we all look and we start cheering because of, <laughs> and they say, Who is it? And they're like, It's James Nichols. You know, it was <laughs> surprising <laughs> to he, me. Hi, and honey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and every, everyone turned and looked at me. And I'm going, uh oh, and they were like, so everyone stops and it gets really quiet. And they look at him and they were like, well, I think I had been a Rotarian about six years at that time. Right. And he said, they said they look at him and they were like, well, why didn't you ever become a Rotarian before? And you know what he said, right? She never asked me. Oh,
0: snap. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was like, aha, you know. Well, and do you think that's the problem? Because, I mean, I asked that question to several Rotarians and I would say it's probably a 75, 25 of people that say, no, none of my family is in Rotary, but me.
1: Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is my kids, I mean, especially my son, my son has a very strong interest. Um, in joining rotary he he just had not had the ability to make it fit with his schedule he's reached out to um, the clubs that are near him before and made several efforts to become a part of them and i'm sure that he's going to continue because he's just it's his life Rotary has mm-hmm. been his life from childhood he just his first job was at lobster fest you know <laughs> so, you know so they it's just who who they are. But, um, and, and I think that my husband, even though he absolutely loved it, he ended up at the time having to leave because his, his job relocated him. And, right. and, and then it was just, it's just the challenge of finding that, uh, that club that would mit, fit in that time. And, and that just didn't happen anymore. So it's, it's just
0: been me. Uh, well, so. And and let's dabble a little bit about clubs because you were introduced as somebody who is the member of the Britain Ireland, uh, hub, yeah, even a club. It is a hub. The we've hub. talked. We've talked to another hub in Oceania, okay. which is which is uh, off the coast of New Zealand. So, um, it, it so do you? It, so tell us about a first of all a hub because you're in Florida. And you're saying that your now club of choice is, uh, across the pond, as they say. Right. Well, I'm in Florida, but I just got here. That's right.
1: That's <laughs> right. Know, okay. I'm, and I'm
0: only, and I'm only here temporarily. <laughs> yes. Most like of, we told our listeners, I had to hunt you down. Right. Like, where most, are you at? Most of my
1: time is spent in London. Most okay. of my time is spent in London and that's why, um, I, 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 I ended up, uh, Having to um, go ahead and join a club there because it was just logical, and and of course, like I stated, I joined during the pandemic, and uh, so you know it was um, it, it it was it, I was able to access the the hub in the you know we were able to utilize the Zoom meetings. It it worked. It worked for me. I'm not in Florida enough, you know. I now I, I was a part of a club here at one point in time, not in Winter Park. At that time, I was in Celebration. Mm-hmm. Florida near Disney. I was in the Disney Club. I was in the Rotary Club of Lake Buena Vista.
0: Oh, I know exactly where that, I is. I that is. That is that is in that. the shadow of the of the uh, Mouse's ears
1: for yes, sure. I, I still have <laughs> my I still have my Mouse's ears pin right now. I I love the club. Of course, I'm in Winter Park now, and I'm uh, a ways away. Even though I have I have visited Club Park clubs here in Winter Park before, but. I, when I'm in when I'm in when I'm in the uh, country, in, in with the demands of my schedule, the challenge that I have when I'm here in Florida is that most of my clients and my partners are anywhere from five to eight hours ahead of me. So wow. it's very difficult for me to um, be able to participate, you know, with a physical club here, and uh, and, and and but once I'm in London. I'm on that clock. You right. me. So right. now I'm on real time. And at that real time, we're really leaving the office at the real time. I can really fit things in. But the challenge here is my real time is not the real time for my life. I'm, you know, like a six o'clock USA time. I'm usually going to sleep so that I can start work at 2 a.m. Right. To keep up. So, that's, you know, uh, that's it. So that's why it, it, it worked for me. So I was in the Lake Buena Vista, Rotary Club of Lake Buena Vista here. And then I was in, uh, um the, I was in a, a club that was started by MT Sunrise um, there. It was an evening club that I was in for a while before I came to Florida. So, yeah, but yeah, it's been different, you know. I mean, it's been different being in a club in, in UK, um, but the beautiful part that I found, like I think I stated before, were a lot of the people that have been, been involved, that I've met that are in the club, which really has been interesting, I would see them at international conference. Right. You know, I never, I you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's it's so funny that I can come to another country and I already known you for years, you know? I mean even if it was from a distance or even if it was just in district training meetings or you know in the different leadership meetings, you know, um, so that's been the beautiful part of it, and we just have a little bit more liberty and freedom in terms of our our movement. I don't think I'm on the our calls aren't mandatory um, you know, and but we all try to get on them as much as we can and uh, and I'm actively pursuing those um those uh, projects to bring in because it's just, Rotary is my life. It's not even something I do. It doesn't matter if I'd show up in a club meeting or not. I'm going to find a project, create a project, build a project, join a project somehow right. <laughs> that's going to make a, you know, a quality of life difference. And usually mine is international.
0: Usually- so, because you have this international lifestyle and I know that just this past year. Uh, We had nearly here in the United States, we had nearly 450 clubs that were started, which is one of the hugest bumps that we've had in a very long time for new clubs here in Rotary. And the majority of them have been E-clubs. So if there is a silver lining in this terror that has been COVID-19, has it been Rotary's um, adoption? Of the Zoom and the E-Club? Because I think it's always, I mean, gosh, if you talked to me a few years ago and somebody said, and you know, we have these things called E-Clubs, I'd be like, I don't know, who's got time for that? No one's one's going to go on that. I don't even think we thought it could work you know (laughs) let's just let's just see what sticks to the wall and then a pandemic all of a sudden goes well damn this one has actually sticking right right I don't you know I don't even think we can we, we thought it could work but you
1: know um but we have to be mindful that you know we're in a different I mean it's I don't know if, is it the millennials or we're not even the millennials.
0: I don't even know what they are.
1: It's I don't
0: know. But- I'm 55. So that means I'm not a baby boomer, but I'm not a millennial. I'm kind of a, I'm that drift of like 10, 12 years between 1966 and 19. Yeah, <laughs> I like, don't, I, an we X-er, don't get nothing. <laughs> I, the gen, the gen Xers, yeah. real, you know, they have a whole
1: different mentality. You know, everything is electronic based, every connection. So it was interesting that it took situations going on within our world to really push us and thrust us. We were trying, but it just wasn't the world we came. I mean, I am with you. I'm 56. So I was right on that teeter. I was doing tech. I was working with technology, but Mm -hmm. technology was not my life. You know, and it was still a little bit uncomfortable. I've still had a, a bit to learn about it. But these, the generations coming behind me, generally, it's their lives.
0: I mean, yeah, they don't is, turn it off. Big. I think, I think the biggest thing is I actually know how to turn off my phone. Yeah, you and know, my-
1: <laughs> I, you know what? And see, I'm, I've been concerned recently because one of the posts that I put on my Facebook page recently was, I think I want to divorce my phone for thirty days.
0: <laughs> oh, it's breathtaking. I yeah. actually went. I actually took a a news fast. And I was a very political person. I know Rotary is non-political. I, as an individual, uh, was quite political. And I realized it stressed me out to the point that I called it my COVID-19, meaning 19 in weight, not in, you know. So I did a news fast and it's been fantastic. I mean, my my, you know, I I'm I'm still aware of the world around me, but now it's gone to Rotary and the world around me is gosh, what's Rotary doing at the UN? Or gosh, ninety-four million dollars has just been put forth by Jennifer Jones to stop poverty throughout the world. That was just oh, done wow. last week. So wow. you know it's like that's good, that's news. It's totally news. God, yes. It's God, easier you're on your psyche. Goodness.
1: Yes, I love Jennifer, you know, and I've been moving so fast that I, that's the one thing that I do miss, um, that I have to somehow adjust myself because, you know, you're kind of on your own a little bit when you're doing the e-club and the hubs a little bit, you know, um, and I haven't found how yet to stay engaged with the news because, you know, when you were coming in the room, it was the discussion or it was the flyer or it was the, you know, it was the, the, the few minutes of sharing. It was some somehow, or it was a part of the, this, the, the, the um, service meeting or a part of the board
0: meeting. Pulling so, somebody aside and saying, Hey, yeah. have you heard this. You want to start yeah, this project. Were, right. right.
1: So there, you were always in the know. Cause just like what you just shared with me in terms of what Jennifer has done recently. Mm-hmm. I, and I haven't, I haven't, I wasn't versed. Right. And so Those are the things is when I'm when I'm functioning in a specific project that I'm working on right now, I'm kind of focused on hospitals and clinics uh, internationally. Mm -hmm. And when I'm focused on, you know, I go find the necessary information, but that whole gamut of information. I think the international conference is going to have a new meaning for me because Mm -hmm. at international conference where you having been when you've been in leadership, the leadership, especially a district trainer. A district trainer usually knows pretty has to know a bit about everything in order to serve that district governor well and serve that uh, that um, district well. That you have to have be in the know about a little bit of everything. And and the difference for me now, after have been a, been a district trainer for six years and had a little bit of a touch on so many things, I'm like. I would show up at international conference and it's totally like, let open my, you know, open my brain and pour it all in because I'm just empty. I don't know a lot about, you know, all the different things that are, you know, going on in that capacity. I'm not tuned in because, and it's primarily, it's not because it's an e-club or a hub. It's because my lifestyle doesn't allow me to slow down long enough to offer a lot of time to that.
0: So, so then, so then here, here's to the to the trainer in you, as you just mentioned that you were a district trainer, so, uh, thank you for your service, I guess I should say, because that that's not an easy job. and I loved it too. <laughs> so, but is this e club kind of mentality that we're getting into? because you also said you were a sergeant of arms, which is a kind of an old school rotary position. Mm-hmm. I do not have a sergeant of arms at my place, you know. Um, but are e-clubs kind of diluting some of the history of rotary, some of the pomp and circumstance of rotary? I mean, we we don't do attendance that much anymore. We don't have start, I mean, you can't do a sergeant of arms really on a Zoom call, you know, like. Is it gonna dilute some of those things that you love to do by becoming such an e-forward international civics organization? Um, You know, that's an
1: excellent question. I mean, I would have to say no, that it doesn't dilute it. I I, I don't think it dilutes it. And the reason I say that is when I think, okay, now I've I've been pretty much all of the positions and I think of secretary, of course, the secretary, you still need that person to take the records. You still need the treasurer to handle the funds. In terms of the sergeant at arms, it's very much needed on a Zoom call. I, th- I don't. It's a matter of knowing how to implement it, because when in, in a, on a Zoom call, it's a matter of coordinating and making things flow, and um, ensuring that the the right person has the floor. When you're doing a group, when you're having a group discussion, when people want to interject, it's having that person that uh, does quality control and ensures that you know there is a harmonious time, it's an enjoyable time, and yet it's productive and um, and professional. So a Sergeant at Arms is very much in need, but I think that what's gonna happen, I think more than anything, is it's gonna be critical for the district trainers to be clear on how uh, these different roles would fit different differently in these situations and to train the club members on how to utilize it because I don't think I think it's a little out of the box, but I mean, but I think because of my trainer mindset, I can see fully, I don't think that there's any one of them that you wouldn't actually have uh and need implementation of uh is just not in a room setting. And if anything, uh it's 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 creating a more beautiful and a more exciting skill set.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, because we know I remember when I first started to do um, Try to do webinars and things like that as a district trainer. And it was so intimidating uh, because you have to keep people engaged and still do, you know, make things flow
0: at the same time. It's a very it's not an easy feat. So maybe, yeah. maybe we should call the sergeant of arms like a producer. Cause it seems to yeah, me yeah. That, that, you know, maybe if we, if we kind of changed it to a little bit more sexier Hollywood kind of name yeah. to it, because that's- what you're describing is, I mean, I do it in in under our zoom meetings and that's the, you know, bringing the people in and making sure people who've raised their hands, get the attention. And, it, you know, sounds like a producer. We could just that's change a- the name. The <laughs> catch is the catch is when you have to
1: remember to keep, making the suggestion of that because that's mm-hmm. an excellent one, honestly. And not, it's, a, it's an excellent suggestion. And because that's exactly what that person is, mm-hmm. is they are the producer of the particular show. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, of you know? the particular show. And, yes. you know, sometimes it gets, it gets kind of hairy when and everybody hairy. wants to pump in at the same time. Yes. And it's and like, bing, 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 bing. Yes. Yeah. When, it's, <laughs> when it's a very spirited conversation, yeah.
1: You know, and you start having to ask someone, can I have the floor? <laughs> can I have the floor?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? or, or you have the occasional person that you, you know, the one thing that we have in Zoom is I have a, a fabulous gentleman who is a member of my club that does love his nuts. He loves passion, but passionately cashews or peanuts, and he never mutes himself. Oh, so in wow. the middle of a guest speaker, you hear this crunk, crunk, Right. So, yeah, right. so it's it's the multitasking of a Zoom call that is a lot of fun. I think we'll remember them for days to come,, yeah. well, all right. So I have a f- just a few more questions for you. I know you're a very busy person, so I thank you for taking out the time for me. But i I have one question that i I usually describe it as, when I ask the question, I love to see the person's face Aww. because it's like they usually put a smile on their face. So I'm I'm just gonna feel your smile through the phone okay. phone card here. I always ask somebody: Is there an inspirational moment or something that's just been just a memory of Rotary that every time you think of it, it puts a smile on your face, and you're just like, yeah. That that was worth it. All the crappy times that I may have had at Rotary. I can just think of that one time and that one thing. And it clicks me right back into going to next week's meeting. Do you have one of those moments?
1: Yes. I think that, that that's a, you know, I think that's, you know, what we denote as the time that you became a Rotarian, that you right. really became a Rotarian. And uh, I do have that moment. You know, um, I had been involved in Rotary. Uh, I don't know any foreign languages. I, I know sign language, and that's it. Cool. Um, and and one of the one of my fellow members kept saying to me, um, you know, we're going to be we're going to serve in Guatemala, and you should come with us sometime. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I'll go one day. And I'm mm-hmm. one of those people. I'm a right now kind of person. You know, I I'm, I try. I, I'm an avid believer in. In, in in seizing the moment, utilizing our time, being a good steward of time and not, you know, procrastinating as much as feasibly possible. Um, and it wasn't even just that, what it really had been was uh, at the time our, our church had a trip planned to go to Israel and I was really looking forward to it. I was registered to go, my family and I, and I was planning on it. So while I'm sitting at dinner with this gentleman and he says to me about Guatemala and going over to serve and do a five-day clinic in rural Santa Rosa. And, and when I stated to him that, you know, I was going to do this one day, I was convicted because my question in my mind became, okay, if you can go to Israel just to tour in holiday, why can't you go to Guatemala to serve the people in rural Santa Rosa? Wow. And at that moment, I remember sitting at that banquet at, in that round table, I looked at him and I said, I'm, I'm going to go. There you go. And, and I went and I, I let my family know that I I was going to pull out of the trip to Israel and that instead I was going to serve in, in Guatemala. And I didn't know Spanish and I hadn't traveled out of the country I I never don't think I had ever had I ever I don't think I had ever traveled out of the country. No, I wow. had because I had to go and get a passport at that time. But long story short, I, I went to that, to that five day clinic um, and it changed my absolutely absolutely changed my life. Absolutely changed my life. And I, I went and served and I served three different years. I served that first year and then I went back and served again that second year. Um, and then the third year, I think was probably in 2011, the third year that they asked me to be the leader, one of the co-leaders, the two of us were led the, led the mission. And that's the last one I did. And then from that one, the successes we had in that, I think it was around the time of the earthquake in Haiti. And then they asked me to come over to Haiti to help, um, to establish some of the women in business. So that time in Guatemala, uh, it, it, it stirred my passion for international service. And and what I loved about it so much was um, one of the biggest challenges that I have personally found that we face when we, I'm a giver, and when we are giving to people freely, whether Mm -hmm. it be of ourselves, whether it be of our resources, whether it be of our time or energy, oftentimes we're in a world that people question. They say, you know, what is it that you really want? What's your motivation? You know, what, is, yeah. what, are you, what are you really motivated? Or are they there's a question. What I loved is when I was in Guatemala and I gave of myself to these people, and they would come up and they would just hug me. And they knew they knew that my 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 giving to them was genuine and earnest because they had absolutely nothing to give me back. Mm-hmm. And, and that is. I think one of the reasons why I love international service so much is, is the, is more often than not the environments that I'm serving in, the people don't question or doubt that my sincerity of my sacrifice, Um, they don't question why I'm giving anything I'm giving because they know that they have absolutely nothing to give me back. And that's when I became a Rotarian.
0: Wow. Well, and, and, now you travel as a career. So it's, so it broke ice in more than one way. I would say. It did. It did. I've never honestly stopped since it. I've yeah. never,
1: I've never stopped since. And I think that, you know, even the more exciting part of it was, you know, I, I think, and I know I've said this to many of my, uh, fellow members before is that we went over to help to change their situation. And we were the ones who came back changed.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I have never been the same. I'll never be the same. I will never be the same. My whole hearing water run for me is never the same again. After Guatemala, you know, being in the shower and the water running out, you know, um, <laughs> you know, it, the the scarcity of 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 having that is... It's just, or, or, or or the conviction I had once I got over to Haiti in the size of my home, you know, Mm. I mean, not that it's anything wrong with having a huge home, but to see people that were in a physical hut in, in, well, this was what, that was in Guatemala, see people that were in a a grass hut and, and that, and the entire family lived in that. Right. You know, and I go, and I'm saying this is too small. Yeah. Yeah. they, They, they changed my life. I am forever indebted to those in rural Santa Rosa forever
0: indebted. It it does, it does make you pause when it's like, what do you mean you're out of skim milk? You know, it's like, yeah. And especially during, um, during COVID we, we had a, uh, a power outage and I was, some friends were in town and we were in the middle of the grocery store. And all of a sudden the grocery store was just like, We can't give you anything in our deli section now. We can't give you anything. And it, we, the three of us started to chuckle because there were people that were running around as if the sky was falling. (laughs) Like, what do you mean I cannot get my such and such, you know? And we were in the middle of the aisles with just cans and packages of food upon food upon food. And it just made us really stop and just go, okay, you know, is this, are we clicking into this? Cause we're Rotarians. Cause yeah. this is hilarious to me that people are thinking that they have no idea what they're going to feed their children that night. Right. And uh, uh, my friend Kate went, well, think of it this way. They don't have to now all walk three and a half miles to get some water exactly boil the macaroni (laughs) exactly oh my god we just started laughing (laughs) like
1: that's the thing yeah that you know those experiences I mean they absolutely change us they change our whole they broaden us so much and we you know and I say that I say I stop taking pictures when I go it's I mean because I can I got frustrated because I could never capture the experience. Ah. I could never, you know, I couldn't, what, what would be done to me? The, I never was the same person leaving as I was when I first arrived. And, and the lessons that I learned of my, my, my sense of entitlement and my, my uh, wastefulness and my, you know, and they were so happy. They had nothing. They had very, very little but they were so happy, you know? And it's almost like it was freeing to not have so much stuff. As a matter Hmm. of fact, I think I came back after that, after those years that I had gone to Guatemala and then over to Haiti and I downsized. We downsized twice. We downsized from our initial home and we downsized. In, In the end, I downsized here in Florida down to a one bedroom place. It was very nice. It was like being on a vacation in and of itself, but it was one bedroom. And yeah. I simplified my life. I got rid of a lot of stuff. You know, I say, like, why are we holding on to stuff? And that, that was the thing. And I was happier.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for joining me. I've got one last question and then I'll let you go. And that is actually a really fun one. And that is what we call the elevator pitch. So if I'm on an elevator with you and I see your rotary button, and I sit there and say, eh, I was thinking about Rotary, but you know, I I've heard it's kind of you know, why would I want to join? What would you tell them if they they noticed your pin and asked why would I want to join Rotary?
1: Well, I would tell them, you know, if you had the opportunity to absolutely be the best you, and you were thinking that it would come from all of the things that you would change about yourself, and you had an opportunity to actually go and enjoy the enjoyment of changing someone else's life and find out that the life that would change would be yours, would you take it? And many people have taken me up on that. I've been invited wanting to come. So really, it's just um, telling the story. I mean, telling the story of how, you know, it changed my life in the opportunity that I had to make a quality of life difference for other people. and Angels are
0: getting that- their wings as we speak right now. Yes, God help us. <laughs>
1: They're telling you know what they're telling me. Get back
0: to work, unless so We know you're not working. They so, know you're not yeah. working. I, you know what? The whole idea that you were a district trainer, that you were a sergeant of arms, that you work in the professional world of soccer and football, and you are living in Florida and are a member of the Britain Ireland E Club. Wow, what an honor to meet you, uh, Alicia. And I and I appreciate you so much for you to take so much out of your incredibly busy life to spend some time with me today. I really appreciate it. It's 4 o'clock, to just to let everybody know. Oh she God. gave me an hour of her time and I am going to let her like have her life back. I Thank you so much. I really appreciate thank it.
1: Thank you for getting me to slow down long enough to, <laughs> to, to remember the wonderful experiences of, of my why.
0: Yeah. Right on. And uh, someday face to face at the very least I'll be Definitely. in Houston and I hope I hope you will be there too
1: Yes yes I'm looking <laughs> forward to it so okay.
0: All right All right we will see you so Thank you so much, Alicia, for being on the show. It was awesome to talk to you, and it was awesome to hunt you down. Like I told you guys, I have been trying to get a hold of this woman from England to Florida for the last six months, and I'm so glad I did. And hey, what do you think about that idea of making the Sergeant of Arms a rotary producer? My Hollywood side of me thinks it's a pretty cool idea. Well, I thank you as always for joining us. If you like the podcast, do tell a friend. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to hear the more musical side of me, check me out on Rotary Radio UK every Wednesday. And if you have a Rotarian that I should know about, let me know. Rotarianpod at gmail.com. All right, then, until next week, take care of yourself and the world around you, and I'll hear you next time on the I'm a Rotarian podcast. Have a wonderful week, everybody.